The Spur of the Moment podcast is proudly presented by Shane Daigie, Realtor of Always Here Properties. Selling your home, buying your home, first-time buyers, investors, and seasoned home buyers. Call or text 512-540-1626, and I'll be glad to help with all of your real estate needs. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Spur of the Moment podcast. I'm your host, Shane Daigie. And I'm your co-host, Drew Daigie. Welcome to episode 187 of Spur of the Moment. Yeah, coming straight from the Simonator Studios in the heart of Texas. And the Spurs lost a close one to the Chicago Bulls by a score of 122 to 116. Now, as a asterisk on that one, there was no Victor Wembanyama. They were sending him out because it was the second night of a back-to-back. But that effectively brings our win streak to an end at two in a row. That loss closes that out. That's our longest win streak of the season. Uh, the Spurs record drops to 7-31 and in overall. That's tied for second worst in the NBA, tied with the Washington Wizards right now. And that improves the Chicago Bulls record to 19-22 and overall. Drew, what were your thoughts about this one, and what do you think you saw from the Spurs? Yeah, I like the battle of our post in this one. Um, getting 12 offensive rebounds and 47 total rebounds, while the Bulls also had 47 rebounds. I thought we were gonna, I thought the Bulls were going to get a lot more rebounds than us because they have Andre Drummond. But we battled without Wibbenyama in this one. Um, I thought our shooting wasn't there at all. I mean, we saw bad performances from Wibbenyama. So, I mean, Vassell, Sohan, and... Blake Wesley and multiple other guys. So I thought we could have shot the ball better. What were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, well, I I like the Bulls team. They had three players score over 20 points with uh, DeMar DeRozan, obviously a former Spur. Uh, Vucevic had 24 for them. And then uh, Dosunmu had 21. Who He's a guard that comes off the bench for them. But uh, that's just tough to overcome with our young Spurs minus the big man. So um, there was Vassell. Vassell had a really poor night shooting. That was... I, I can't remember him having a night that bad overall shooting all season. Can you? No, that's no, that, that's a bad one. But yeah, he was one of thirteen shooting overall. We'll get to that a little bit later. We're gonna listen to some words from Greg Popovich, and then we're gonna get on to our top two, bottom two. Here's Pop. Well, we we uh, had a better pace offensively in the second half. We executed better. Um, we changed up some defenses, got some turnovers and deflections. During that period, the second group was great. We made some shots. And down the stretch, we couldn't get a bucket. Had some great open shots. They didn't go in. Uh, but the, the competitiveness, the, the turnovers that they caused, and the pace coming back was so much better in the second half. So I'm proud of them. They did a really good job under some pretty tough circumstances. Um, Trey Jones had the new carry high tonight. What did you think of his game? Well, obviously, that's very good. I think he might have been your leading rebounder, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? I don't know. Was up there, nine or something. He had a hell of a night. He was super. Is this the kind of game that shows some of the growth that you've talked about during the season? Well, this is, you know, the fifth game in a row where they played like this and played well enough to win a game. Starting with Milwaukee and then Cleveland and the two wins and then tonight, they're showing more consistency and uh, you know down the stretch, uh, experienced guys probably feel a little bit more comfortable shooting those threes, I guess. But uh, we had the same ones and you know eventually they'll fall. All right, so that's Pop and uh, 
kind of breaking it down, talking about Trey Jones tonight, which leads us to our uh, top two, bottom two. Drew, who do you yeah, have? Yeah, so Mr. Trey Jones' new career high is number one on my top two list. Got himself his first 30 piece of his career. He had 30 points, nine rebounds, four assists. And his three-point shot was on fire. We haven't seen a game like this from him, I don't think, ever. Four of six from the three-point line and 10 of 13 for the field in 32 minutes. And he was our leading rebounder. So a great game from Trey Jones. Definitely deserves to be number one on my top two list. Number two on my top two list, coming off the bench, I had Kelvin Johnson in 30 minutes had 26 points, five rebounds, four, four assists, shooting eight of 14 for the field and four or five from the three-point line, 30 minutes of play. Very proud of those two guys um, shooting the ball very well. Yeah, and so this is going to be one of those rare instances where we have the exact same top two. Uh, Trey Jones' night was just phenomenal. I mean, he was a big reason why we were able to stay in this game, and uh, I've never seen him play like that. And it's got me actually rethinking my thought process of him being a career backup uh, guard to – whoever we draft or, or whoever we get for the, the Spurs because this was a really outstanding performance. Um, and then number two, of course, Keldon Johnson, the heart and soul of the Spurs team, bringing the energy every night. And what a great, great night for him off the bench. I love anytime Keldon has, you know, 15 or more points off the bench because it just validates that we're okay with one of our best players coming off the bench a la a certain lefty from Argentina when we won a few championships with Mr. Ginobili. So I really liked Keldon's game off the bench tonight, and it just inspires me anytime I see him with a great night off the bench. All right, let's get over to our uh, uh, bottom two. I'm sorry, bottom two. Drew, what do you got? Yeah, number one on my bottom two is Devin Vassell on his worst shooting night of the season for him with only five points shooting the ball. One of 13 from the field and a one of eight from the three-point line in 34 minutes with two turnovers. Not good from Devin Vassell. Number two on my bottom two list, kind of tough to pick a second one, but I went with Julian Champagne, who one of five from the field and one of three from the three-point line and a turnover and a foul in only 17 minutes. He's number two on my bottom two list. Who was your bottom two list? Yeah, so I also had Devin as my number one. That. I just was almost in awe when you saw him laying brick after brick and uh, building up a pretty good wall for himself. He had uh, one of 13, and I just I couldn't believe it as it kept on going. I was like, surely he's got a hit just out of luck. But that's one that I think for Devin, we all know him, and we know what kind of quality player he is. He just needs to crumble that one up right here and throw it in the trash and forget about it and get on to the next game. So that's my number one on my bottom two. Now my number two, I gotta uncrumble the Devin Vassell one up, and that is Jeremy Sohan. He also was four of fifteen shooting. So combined, these two guys were five of twenty-eight shooting, and that's a tough way to win a game when two of your starters are five of twenty-eight shooting. So Jeremy Sohan was my number two on my bottom two. He finished out with eleven points, but that four of fifteen shooting really got him there for me. All right, so now it's time for the question of the day. And remember, you can always text your questions to 512-540-1626. Drewster, what do you got? Yeah, so this question comes from Darion in Lubbock, Texas. His question asks, I've heard rumors about DeJounte Murray being traded to the Spurs. Do you think there's a possibility of this happening, and would you want that to happen? 
That is a great question, Darion. That's, uh, you sound like a guy that really knows what's going on and on fire. But uh, Lubbock, Texas is where I went to college, and, and I appreciate that town. But uh, let's talk about DeJounte Murray, because I heard an interview with Shams talking about that, who's a respected voice in NBA circles and really has a pulse of the trades. And he mentioned it and kind of raised my eyebrows. So Drew and I had a lot of discussions about this. And my stance is, I think maybe a little different than Drew's and maybe a different than the fan base, but... I love DeJounte Murray. I, I respect him for his time. Even after the parting when there was maybe some some words that were mistakenly said or whatever. But DeJounte's a, a great player, self-made man, plays great defense, great distributor of the ball. Um, but I don't think he's the right fit for the Spurs right now. I think we have to keep our eyes on the prize of the bigger picture of what's going on as we develop this young roster and grow with them. I'm not saying... Trey Jones is better than DeJounte Murray because that's quite obvious DeJounte's a better player. I'm saying he's a few years older than what this rebuild is going to need. And so in my opinion, it would be great, but but what do you think? We Drew mentioned to me that, oh, well, we could be maybe a play-in team or something like that, but I think it's too far gone at this point, and we just need to stay the course. That's one thing I'm really proud of the Spurs for. If you didn't want to stay the course – this year, Wimbenyama would have played last night. He would have maybe even cut minutes, but they're keeping their eyes on the prize of what it takes to develop and build a championship contending team. And so, so great question, but I don't see DeJounte coming back, and I don't see the Spurs willing to part with any assets that are meaningful for the Hawks. Plus, keep this on the keep this on your mind. We have the Hawks' first-round pick in 2025, so if they get rid of him, we're great. Get rid of DeJounte to somebody else because we'll get that pick and yeah, you know, grab yeah. another top That's ten. That's my stance. I don't think he's going to get – I think he's going to get traded, but not to the San Antonio Spurs. Um, I mean, I, there's multiple guards in this draft that we could develop, and I think he's going to go to a contending team like the Lakers or a team like that. So that is the question of the day. Yeah, and I'm just going to touch on that one more time, is I'd be way okay with him going to the Lakers. But also, if we are going to sign or trade for a point guard, I'd like him to be 25 years or younger just to keep on with this rebuild. I don't know what DeJounte's age is now, but I'm pretty sure he's not under 25. He's, but, he's probably like 27. I yeah, Drew's going to Drew's gonna go to the go to the books. 27. Yeah, you're right, spot on. So he's 27. So I think we need to keep our keep in mind that our best player is 20, our second best player is 23, and you know we have a young roster, or, or, or maybe even 20 if you're considering Sohan in that picture. So we need to keep the eyes on the prize for what this is going as we're building and growing this team moving forward. Because guys, it's never going to be as bad as it is this year. It's never going to. It's only going to get better. All right. Now it's time for this day in Spurs history, and I'm really excited about this one. I got a good one for you tonight. I'm dialing it back to January 13th of 1984. January 13th of 1984. That's 40 years prior to this date. And the Spurs completely annihilated the Houston Rockets by a score of 133 to 103. Neither one of these teams were at the top of the NBA at that time. The Spurs record actually improved to 15 and 23 after this game and the Rockets were 13 and 25. But as you all know, we love it every time we beat, beat down the Rockets and tonight was no different. Another interesting thing about this game is we had three different players with double doubles 
but really almost five players with double-doubles, and I'll get into that once I read off the stats, but the Spurs beat the Rockets pretty badly on this night 40 years ago. Your leading scorer, can you guess, Drew, who the leading scorer was for the Spurs that mm-hmm. night, 1984? Uh, yes, the Iceman. The Iceman, which is perfect for what our weather is doing right now. But the Iceman had 40 points and 10 rebounds that night. What a great night for George Gervin in 1984. And so that was one of the double-doubles. Then you take uh, the A-Train artist Gilmore. He had a double-double with 14 points and 10 rebounds. And so that was another one. Gene Banks also had a double-double. He had 19 points and 14 rebounds. So there's your three double-doubles. But let's kick on a little bit further to Edgar Jones, who was a for us. He had nine points and 12 rebounds. So he's one point away from making that four players with double-doubles. And then last, and you guys may know him as a former coach of the uh, Spurs and the Rockets, so it kind of ties in on this game that we beat the Rockets, but John Lucas had six points and 11 assists. So there was almost five double-doubles that happened in this night, but but really only three. But uh, George Garvin, 40 points, 10 rebounds, four assists. That was spectacular in 1984 from the Iceman as we're preparing for some ice coming in with this weather. But uh, that is this day in Spurs history, January 13th, 1984. Now it's time for us to preview the upcoming game, and that is going to be on Monday at 2.30 p.m. So it's a Martin Luther King Day matinee. It's going to be January 15th at 2.30 p.m. Drew, who's rolling into town or, or who's who's playing where and who who are the Spurs playing? Yeah, so the Spurs are playing the Atlanta Hawks, um, a team that is the second-best scoring team on, on offense, but their defense is horrendous, one of the worst defenses in the league but one of the best offenses in the league. And there's a reason why. They have a lot of scorers on their team. And Trey Young being one of the best scorers offensively, having 27 points, 10 assists per game. DeJounte Murray is averaging 21 points, 4 rebounds. Bogdanovich is averaging 17 points, 3 rebounds. Jalen Johnson, one of the best young players in the league right now, averaging 15 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists per game. DeAndre Hunter averaging 14 points. Sadiq Bey, Clint Capella, this roster is great offensively, but like I said, their defense just can't hang with some of the best teams in the NBA. All right, well, this is actually our second time playing the Hawks this year, so that's a good breakdown that Drew gave us. But the Hawks beat us 137-135 to on uh, November 30th, and that was actually the Spurs, that long losing streak, that was their 13th loss in a row. But Trey Young, speaking of, who you, you talked about, had 45 points that night, and uh, that was just a really tough one. Also in that game, Jeremy Sohan had 33 points in that one, so that was on November 30th. So they got us by two in San Antonio. Now we're having to go to, to Atlanta to, to play them. My player to go off in this one is going to be Devin Vassell. I think uh, that game is just an anomaly. I don't think we're going to see another one like that. I think he's going to come back with a vengeance and have another another big night. But uh, unfortunately, I don't think the Spurs get this one. I think the Hawks are going to get us. Um, I don't have the Vegas line on this game yet, but I think the Hawks are going to beat us by eight points. Drew, what about you? Yeah, so my player to go off is going to be Julian Champagne. Um, he had one of his best games of the season against the Hawks, knocked down five threes with 15 points. And my prediction for this game, give me the Spurs to win a game on MLK Day, TNT by seven points. Awesome. I hope you're right and I hope I'm wrong. 
Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us. That's the end of this episode of the Spur of the Moment podcast. We'll be back tomorrow on uh, Martin Luther King Day to recap and give you another episode. Drew, would you take us home? Yes, thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Spurs, go!